Hello and thanks for listening. Um, just before you hear my very first episode of this new podcast, just thought I'd give you a bit of an update. So in the first episode, uh, we talk about the reboot of the sitcom Roseanne. Now between filming the first episode on Wednesday, no, on Monday night and uh, publishing it on Wednesday night, we've actually had a big bit of news about the sitcom. Um, there's been a huge amount of controversy you've probably seen on the news. Roseanne Barr, who is the... Um, main star of the show and also an executive producer um, published an incredibly racist tweet about former advisor to President Obama. Um, Consequently, the network has cancelled season 11 of the show. Um, So the show will no longer be produced. In addition, in Australia, Channel 10 has said they are immediately stopping broadcasting all new episodes and all old episodes. So if uh, this podcast does get you interested in Roseanne it is no longer Um, unfortunately uh, you can judge for yourself whether you want to seek out episodes by other means um, or whether you think it's worth boycotting in response to her tweets anyway please enjoy the show thank you I can hear you hello hello hi how are you going I'm going very well thank you how are you going I'm going pretty well thanks for joining me you're welcome. So should we introduce ourselves? Uh, my name's Christine and this is my mum, Linda. Hello. Hi. Hi. Now, we're recording from two separate locations tonight. I'm in Alice Springs and mum, you are? I'm on the Mornington Peninsula in Belnaring. Cool. In Victoria. In Victoria, yeah. So just half an hour time difference between us. Now, okay, so this is the first episode of this new podcast, which doesn't have a name. Please feel free to make any suggestions. They are more than welcome. Uh, basically, the way the podcast works is it's going to be fill, uh, recorded every two weeks and it's going to be for about 25 minutes and it's going to have three sections to it. Uh, so why don't we just dive right in and you'll get an idea of how it works. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is uh, the Roseanne reboot. So Roseanne is a very popular sitcom. Um, It was originally aired between 1988 and 1997. Oh, my goodness. That makes me feel that's so long ago. Anyway, it was before I was born it started. Yeah. So it's about a working class family in Lanford, Illinois. So in the Midwest, um, it's a family, parents, three kids, aunties, family, friends, and just really a comedy about their lives and, yeah, what happens, what it's like to be a working-class family and day-to-day issues that they come across. Um, first thing I'll do is just ask you, Mum, mm-hmm. what was your relationship with the show? Did you watch it? Did you like it? Yes, I loved it. I watched it from the very first episode. I didn't watch it right through to the 10th series or something, but from when it first came out, I loved it and watched it and made a point of not missing it. Yeah, yeah. And so basically what they've done now is, what, 20 years later, um, Sarah Gilbert, who played Darlene, who was the middle child on the show, has mm. basically got the cast back together um, and they've basically come in, started filming 
using same storyline, same characters, same actors, same set, and we're just meeting everyone 20 years on and seeing mm. where their life has gone. Um, I will say just first off, my original relationship with the show, I also really enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I didn't start watching it from the start as I wasn't born yet, but um, I have actually watched through the whole nine seasons. I owned most of them on DVD, um, so I've seen probably through twice or three times some of the episodes, um, and I thought it was a really very entertaining show. Um, one thing it was known for back in the day, I guess, was being quite revolutionary in the way it showed like walking working class family, like a warts and all approach to um, what it was like to, you know, live a working class life in America. And that wasn't something that was always shown on television. Do you remember when you were watching it thinking it was quite different or revolutionary in that sense? Yeah, I didn't think of it in terms of being revolutionary but I did think of it in terms of being different it wasn't like every nearly every other um American show that you watched where every family was um had plenty of everything yeah 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 Mm. definitely um and I think that's probably what appealed to a lot of people is you could it was quite relatable Mm, the mm. show um yeah and yeah I I would say that um it was yeah quite different from even now quite different from other shows that I've seen um Mm. like you see a lot of maybe documentaries uh, on television that showcase I guess maybe what real working class life might be in America or Australia Mm. Um, but to actually have it in a sitcom form uh, mm. is still, I think, quite unusual. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so I thought I'd also note, it was actually, I just read today, um, at one stage during its the original series, it was actually the most watched show in the US. So it was Well, a- you know, something's just occurred to me. Yeah. One of the things about it was that it was a happy show to watch. Yes, and isn't that mm. quite interesting? Like it was showing mm. people that had very little materially, mm. but mm. there was a real warmth and happiness to the family. Yeah. 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 It was quite comforting, I thought. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So basically they've come back together 20 years later. They've done a reboot. Um, we're in season 10 now. So you've seen, I think, the first five episodes of the yeah next series I've seen yep. 10 episodes um mm. it is currently showing on channel 10 um mm. once a week so you can watch it there and on channel 11 they're madly replaying the old series so for anyone who mm. does want to watch it but I mm. guess I'll just ask you what do you think of the reboot first off do you love it well, do you hate it I just really enjoyed the first three episodes I loved them yeah. It was like going back. I enjoyed the set. It was like, oh, and I had so many laughs in that kitchen and that lounge room. And I knew those people because I'd known them from when they were quite young. Yes. Um, but it sort of lost me at the, on the fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And the fifth, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think one. But. Oh, sorry. sorry. No, go. 
I would watch it again. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Um, I guess I just wanted to point out, so I've watched through the nine episodes and I have mm. enjoyed it, but I think one thing that has bugged me about it is this kind of intense need to keep bringing up contemporary political issues in yeah. a very unnatural way at times, I think. So I just tried to jot down today um, just from memory in the first nine episodes all the kind of political issues that they've really tried to showcase so we've yeah. got the election of Trump, we've got the Obamacare system and the unaffordability of medical care, the war in Syria, undocumented workers, gender fluidity, narrowing job prospects for university graduates, biracial families, refugees, terrorism, surrogacy, the share economy and housing affordability. Phew, that is an, a lot. It is a lot. And I think there's kind of two ways to think about it. In one hand, you might think, well, if you're not referencing contemporary political issues, then you're kind of, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you? That these are these are issues. Yeah, today. yeah. But yeah. I think it says something about maybe the lack of subtlety with which it was done. That it they really stood out to me so glaringly, and it really felt like yeah. they were trying to shove them in my face. And I just I that aspect of it, I haven't liked. No. No. Um, I also find the character DJ, um, I just find him very awkward in the show, clearly not a very good actor, I wouldn't say. Um, just Yes, but he has he was in Syria, wasn't he? Maybe he's they're gonna do a post traumatic stress thing. Yes, actually that actually has come up as an issue in one of the um, episodes you haven't watched yet. Um, mm. So I guess that is a factor as well. But I was thinking back to the original series and I can't really remember any really prominent storylines featuring him. So I feel like he was quite mm. an underbaked character from the start, which I don't know if that says something about him as an actor or just the way the script writers decided yeah. to take it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Okay, so would we recommend other people to give it a watch or would we say give it a miss? Oh, definitely. I yeah. would. Okay. Great. Okay, well, I think we might uh, wrap up the discussion of Roseanne there unless you have anything else you wanted to add. No, no, I think um, covered it. Cool. Okay, so now we'll move on to our second section, which is just an opportunity for us to share what we've been watching, what we've been reading and what we've been listening to in the past week or longer. It can either be something that you recommend, something that you would recommend people avoid or just something that um, you came across that you thought was interesting and would like to share. Uh, so I don't know, Mum, if you wanted me to go first or you wanted to go first. Uh, you could go first. Okay, great. So uh, for my whatever have I been watching, I'm actually going to talk about If You Are The One, which is a Chinese reality TV show. It's on SBS Viceland at 5.30pm on weeknights or you can catch it on SBS On Demand. I don't know mm. if you've watched much of SBS Viceland, Mum, but I think it's a really great free-to-air channel. There's a lot of really interesting reality stuff, documentaries on there. Um, so I would highly recommend the channel in general. But basically it's a Chinese dating show. Um, so they've got a panel of young women who 
are coming on the show to try and find the one. And throughout the show, about four or five different men are introduced to the women um, and they get to ask him questions and they see videos about his life and what he does for work. And then they can say whether or not they're interested. And at the end of the show, he gets to pick amongst the women who remain interested at the end of his segment. And then they, like, I don't know, win a cruise to Europe or something like that. Um, mm. it's quite fascinating. I think the reason I really enjoyed it is because I've been watching it with my housemate who, as you know, is Chinese and it just mm. really serves as a good um, starting point for a lot of interesting conversations about different, the way things are done differently in different cultures, um, um, which I find really fascinating and just a lot of the different emphases that maybe um, – Chinese women are likely to place on finding a man um, mm. and the importance of status and money. But then also kind of coming back to the fact that maybe they're not so different from the emphasis we have either, um, that they're just mm. a little bit more likely to be open, I suppose, about that emphasis on yeah, status and money and those kind of things. So I just find it really interesting. We've had a lot of really interesting conversations at home on the couch while watching it. So I would mm. recommend checking it out if you're interested in those kind of dating reality shows. Uh, so that's my watching. My listening to is actually a podcast. Um, it's called Mum and Dad are Fighting. It's produced by Slate and you can just find it by searching in your wherever you get your podcasts from for Mum and Dad are Fighting. And it's actually a parenting podcast. Uh, it's got three regular hosts. It's an American um American podcast through regular hosts and they basically talk about bringing up their children who are all different ages and I'm not a parent so I don't really know why I find it so fascinating but I reckon it's the my favorite podcast that I'm listening to at the moment because you just get really drawn into these three people's lives and like their relationships with their children and I just find it really fascinating what different people's views are of raising children. So I recommend that one. And for my reading, I have to say I've been incredibly slack with reading since pretty much the last six months. I've barely read anything. So I've had to pick something that's a bit outside the one-week category. Um, it's the John Safran book, Depends What You Mean by Extremist. Mm-hmm. Have you read mm-hmm. any of John Safran stuff? I have read some of them, yes. Yeah, I think this is only his second book. He did like a murder mystery based in the States Uh, last time. Um, Yeah. For those who don't know, he's like John Saffron is quite a prominent uh, Australian comedian based in Melbourne. And this book is really, really interesting. It's basically he's going around interviewing a whole lot of people that he identifies as either religious or political extremists. And kind of mocking them in a weird way, although he has managed to form these really strong relationships with people and they, he gets like a level of trust with them and then he's able to kind of mock them in the way he writes quite subtly. Um, and it's just a really interesting look at almost the absurdity of extremism and the, the absurdity yeah. um, and the hypocrisy of a lot of people's views. Uh, one one mm. just really interesting thing, just to name one small bit of the book, um, 
call out one small bit of the book that I found really hilarious was there was a um, a one guy who was really um, anti-immigration and like a white supremacist style. And um, John Safran's gone round to his house and there's a small child, a small Chinese child crawling around. And his wife comes into the room and she's Chinese as well. And John Safran's kind of saying, but your whole thing is being anti-immigration and throwing around racist slogans and yet you've found Mm. yourself in a partnership with, you know, a Chinese person who had only recently arrived in the country. So it's just really, really fascinating the way he kind of pulls apart people's extremism. It's really refreshing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So they're Mm. my three bits of cultural content for the week. What did you have for us? Okay. Well, look, I think I'll talk about my book first because in many ways it's sort of similar to yours it was written by um judith lucy who's a stand-up australian stand-up comic drink smoke pass out (laughs) an unlikely spiritual journey she also did an a thing for the telly looking at all sorts of different um religions and beliefs and whatever else and I really enjoyed it it made me um laugh there were so many things that sort of not that I could relate to but um I could understand that what she was writing about it was really 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 good I'm trying to find a really good thing um to read um yeah I met she really really got into yoga seriously and into meditation in the end but she said this is about three quarters away through the book I met Colin doing drunk yoga in a beer garden that's right I was doing some yoga poses pissed in a pub I thought I think it's fair to say that enlightenment was still somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that sounds really funny. Yeah, and it was a, just a pleasure to read, yeah. and like I said, a laugh. It was really good reading about her because you know she's successful. I enjoyed her confidence, yes, and I enjoyed cool. it. So that's my book. Um, and my next one is sort of a bit of a mixture. It's sort of from a magazine article and, um, watching, um, the Australian gardening show on the telly talking about the changes of seasons. And I got a magazine from the library, the April edition. And, um, just... The changes of season, things to be done, things to be fertilised. And one of the pleasures is um, being retired. I have this times not limited by the impact of work or thinking about work or having to be ready at a certain time or anything, just being able to have a lovely time watching the garden grow, which I'm really enjoying. That's awesome. Yeah. 
And I did a neighbourly thing today and bought in my neighbour's washing. And she's a horsey person. Yeah. It was an entire clothesline full of horse blankets and horse raincoats and horse pyjamas or something. Horses wear pyjamas? Well, I don't know. There's these things for their legs and a knitting thing to go over his head to keep the flies off. Sounds like an awful lot of work, doesn't it? It was. It was very heavy too. But I'm sorry I went off track. That's okay. About my changes of seasons. Okay, and and I think that's probably winding us up. Cool. Okay, well, now we're going to go on to our third section for the podcast and our final section. Basically, each fortnight I'm just going to pick a topic um, that's, you know, something interesting, something that a lot of people have been talking about and just have a little conversation about it. But So basically our topic this week is should I feel guilty about how much I enjoyed the royal wedding. Now, as we both know, just over a week ago, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry got married. Mum, did you enjoy it? Yep. Look, I honestly did. I love, I'm a person that loves magazines. I've grown up on magazines. So, looking at the clothes, the hats, the people going in and the fact that it gave so many people so much pleasure. Yeah. I mean, I probably should have pointed out from the start, like I'm presuming everyone realises if they're listening to this, if they're listening at all, that we're two lay people having a conversation about these topics. But really, in some ways you could say you're a bit of an expert on the royals, surely, after all this time. I mean, how many years do you reckon you've been following royal gossip? I have been to every single royal birthday party in the way of photos and magazines from the time I was about four. Okay, so we're looking at about 63 years. I'm really familiar with them. (laughs) Okay, so you enjoyed it. Now, what would you say to the idea that you should feel some kind of guilt about enjoying it? What would, what would your kind of response to that be? I don't relate to that at yeah. all. I suppose if I was concerned about being perceived as shallow or um, something like that, it could be an issue for me, but I'm not. So You're willing to embrace being shallow? Um, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh, good. Well, remember how um, Sarah told you I had a strange world view. (laughs) So, um... But I guess I should start with, sorry, a bit more context. Like, I guess my assumption behind the topic is that for a lot of people that watched it, it is a little bit of a guilty pleasure. That there is some oh, sense sure. of being uncomfortable about just how much we care about this family who's kind of inherited all this wealth and has, you know, a history that's 
problematic in a number of ways. Um, Huge, hugely. For kind of patriarchy, white supremacy, you know, inherited wealth, like all these kind of issues. Um, Contact with the Nazis. Mm. Yeah. How many of their very, very close friends are Jewish? I don't know. Do you know? Not many. No, I don't know. Mm. Oh, that's a bit controversial. But well, maybe it's not. I don't. Oh, oh, I, sh- I should take that back. Sorry. I hope nobody's offended by that. <laughs> no, but I think so. I was listening to a podcast, and this is by far this is not an official report or anything. But on the podcast, someone was saying, "I reckon this could be the most watched event in the world ever because of the fact that you've got the combination of the royal family, which already draws like a huge audience, combined with the fact that you've got a Hollywood superstar." Which Meghan Markle is? She was already very famous. Was she? A, no, 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 no. A superstar, uh, really? Well, she was a a star, maybe not a superstar. She was making a living, a good. Did you living. watch Suits? Were you a fan of hers? No, I never did, but I must say, Mary did, and like. Okay. It. Yeah. So basically, for me, like, sorry, just to go back to so my relationship to the wedding. Generally, is on that. Uh, evening that it was on, I was bloody out in the middle of nowhere. I was out in this very basic accommodation um, Mm. out in a remote community. I had nothing to do at all. And I still was sitting there not sure whether I should turn on the royal wedding. And I I can't really explain what my thought process was. Part of it was there was the fact that there were two um, tradesmen staying there, and I kind of thought they were going to walk in, and I kind of thought they'd be like, "Oh, why are you watching that?" And then part yeah. of me just thought, oh, "I don't know if I care, or like I don't want to be the kind of person who cares." Or it did go on and on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Then I turned over to it, and I kind of enjoyed what I did see. But I do think, I mean, it is just so excessive. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what did you think of the dress? Mm, I mean, she looked beautiful because she is beautiful. I, but I thought mm. it was very simple and basic. I didn't think it was much mm. to write home about, that's for sure. And because I hadn't done lots of reading about the wedding, I wasn't aware of the fact that the her veil was trimmed with flowers, embroidered flowers from all over the um, Commonwealth. And I thought they were a bit small. Oh, I definitely didn't notice that. And I loved the tiara she chose. Yes, that was lovely. Um, But I didn't think the dress fitted all that well. Yeah. Auntie Jane thought it was fine. Mm. Yeah, I, I just thought it was, you know, didn't think much of it. It was just very simple. I think she could have turned up in a brown paper bag and she still would have looked great. Um, but that's just mm. not much of a compliment to the dress itself. And did you like the way, like, mm. she was very minimalist with the makeup. And that's definitely something I noticed. Mm. She looked very natural. Yeah. And I guess what did you think about, I mean, it was seen as a kind of a break from tradition in many ways, the wedding, even though, you know, that seems ridiculous in some ways because it was really so traditional. But, um you know, the preacher that they had and the... Oh, my Godfathers. 
I, I he embarrassed. Did me. he? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. I see. I quite. Well, he just. It was sort of turned into a bit of a rant, and he hardly said anything. Just repeating the same words. He got into some kind of rhythm or something. Yeah. It definitely wasn't obviously the style that the English were used to, right? You could see that the reactions of the royal family were just kind of like, ooh, what's going on? This is really weird. But I actually listened to a podcast commentary where an African-American woman was talking about the wedding and she talked about the preacher and said that that was actually a restrained version like he didn't go Holy all out as she, she, the way she expressed it. Oh. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty full on. Yeah, I thought so. Anyway, we might wrap it up there, but just finally, do you, did you need to feel guilty about enjoying the royal wedding? I think I know your answer, but just to summarise. Um, no. Okay, then. I do not. Okay, I'm going to say no as well. Okay. okay. So that's everything we've got for today. I really appreciate you joining me, Mum, to try this out. Um, if anyone who happens to be listening, if anyone happens to be listening, has any comments or suggestions or ideas for a title on the show or would like to come on the show, please get in touch with me. Um, okay, I'll see you later. Okay, bye. bye.